Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to the latest big football show and my daily uh, weekly dose of humiliation. Uh, I'm joined by Wisconsin writer at The Athletic, Jesse Temple. I am Ari Wasserman, The Athletic's national recruiting writer and non-gambling expert, apparently. Uh, why don't we just start the show like we always do and just just give it to me straight, Jesse, and, and let them know how I let people down again. It's the same story, but a different week, Ari. I went 4-1 and one last week and you went 2-3. and three. I correctly took Iowa in a pick'em game against Wisconsin. I told you the Badgers were not good offensively, and they were somehow worse than I thought they would be. Uh, I also had Northwestern covering against Illinois. And, of course, the big one, which we were texting about last weekend, was Penn State covering against Michigan State. You had the Spartans. It sure looked like they were going to backdoor cover. They were 14.5-point underdogs. Had first and goal at the Penn State 5 at the end of the game. Didn't score. Penn State covers with a 39-24 win. So thank you, Penn State. I like that. Yeah, I'm happy that real people went broke, but you got your pick correct. Um, <laughs> and what was so funny, too, is that when you presented the spreads last week, you're like 15, 14 and a half. And I said, you know what? Forget the 15. We're going 14 and a half uh, because we don't want any ties. And then it turned out to be the hook that caused me to lose. So it should have at least been a push. And if they would have just scored like they're supposed to at the end, that meaningless touchdown, uh, like Mother Nature intended, then this would have been a different story. But you know what? Uh, that's life, and that's the way it, it goes sometimes. There's been some way worse beats than that. And it's just crazy that actually Penn State didn't end up not covering because they were losing, I think, at halftime in that game. And Michigan State looked pretty good. And then all of a sudden, like Penn State scored a ton of points in the third quarter and blew the game wide open. Uh, and it turned out to be in a situation where Michigan State had to to backdoor. But now we've got a collection of Big Ten championship weekend games uh, that were uh, not crossover games like we anticipated. But uh, Can I, stop? Can I Wisconsin- stop you right there? Let me stop you right yeah, there. Yeah, you put your finger up, and I was like, what's going on here? Because I didn't get to the season totals. And if you truly want to know oh, what you oh. – was, imp- That was intentional. What humiliation looks like, it are the, it's the season totals. So I'm 25 and 17 against the spread. And if you've been listening to me, you've made some money. Ari, you're 16 and 26 against the spread. So rough year for you. I just wanted to get that out yeah, there. Yeah, it so is. It's been a rough be year. Aware. Yeah. So now we can I'm move I'm not forward. denying it. I'm not denying it. I don't know if I overthink things or it's been COVID or I just plain suck. It's probably one of those three things. Um, but I will say, Jesse, that your performance is very impressive uh, because we've made picks. Uh, we record this podcast usually on Thursday for Friday and things have changed. Movements happened on Fridays and even into Saturdays in these games. And you've kind of picked these and, and done a pretty good job. So like that mark. I think is super awesome because this has been a very, very hard year to handicap in general, especially with Big Ten. I think everybody in the Big Ten is two and four. So I don't even know how that's mathematically possible, but here we are. Um, we've got five more games 
another full slate into championship weekend. Let me start off first, Jesse, because um, we talked about um, the, the fact that they would switch this up last week, and, and they ended up doing that. Do you like that they preserved the, the Wisconsin-Minnesota game? And like, do you like the way that they handled this better than just doing simple crossover games? Oh, I think it's great um, from a Wisconsin-Minnesota perspective. This is the most important game on the regular season schedule most years. These teams have played every year since 1907. So the fact that the Gophers had to cancel because of COVID-19 issues within the program was absolutely crushing to, to guys on both sides. It's, it's tradition every year that whoever wins gets to chop down uh, the goalposts with Paul Bunyan's axe, and they, they hand it around at Wisconsin to all the seniors. And so, yes, to me, this entire process was kind of arbitrary to begin with. I liked the idea of a Champions Week initially, but once you started having all these cancellations, it just didn't make any sense. Nobody really wants to see a, a third-place or a fourth-place Wisconsin play a third-place or a fourth-place Big Ten East team. The game that truly matters is Wisconsin-Minnesota. Unfortunately, uh, Indiana and Purdue, another rivalry game, uh, is not going to go forward. So honestly, I can't remember where we've picked games and there were seven Big Ten games this season. Maybe it happened, but it certainly hasn't been for a long time. I think the first week we only did four when we should have done all of them, and we kind of transitioned to that. The first week, I think, was the only week that it happened this year. Um, it, it's just been uh, a long, weird year, and it's funny because when the Big Ten released their schedule uh, the second time, you know, it looked great. Like, it was exciting. They're going to get through these games. They're going to try to play eight in eight weeks, and then you're going to have an extra ninth game for everybody to play instead of just one Big Ten team playing on championship weekend. And, you know... I think it, it it just stinks that it kind of turned out this way. Um, and, you know, the one thing I wanted to make a point of, too, is that I'm, I'm happy that Wisconsin-Minnesota got this opportunity to still play. And, you know, having covered Ohio State for a decade of my life, I understand how important it is to play these rivalry games because, you know, these players think about them year-round. They work out towards them. They overcome injury. They, they you know, everything that goes into, you know, playing these games. And the one regret that I would have if I were – talking about the Big Ten schedule at large is the fact that they didn't preemptively build in escape routes or, or changes to make sure that all the rivalry games were played. Because, you know, as we sit here now, and we'll get to this game here shortly, later in the podcast, that Ohio State is, is one win away from playing in the college football playoff, potentially. It is truly odd that they're not playing the Michigan game at all this year. And the first Big Ten schedule, too, had them in the middle of the schedule. So that that would have been able to, you know, move things around a little bit. And like, I understand that the tradition has always been that they play the final game of the regular season. And for a large portion of the history of that rivalry, it, de it determined who was going to win the big 10. And that's all great. But like the first schedule of the big 10 released had them in the middle of the schedule for this very reason. And I don't know why the schedule reverted back. Um, why they thought that playing last was better. Maybe at the time they thought, uh, we'll give it eight more weeks, and by then, hopefully, we'll have a better grasp on how to handle COVID. That obviously didn't work out, um, but it is weird, and I'm glad that at least some of these games have been um, preserved. So why don't we start uh, with Wisconsin, since you are the best Wisconsin beat writer on the pace of the earth, <laughs> and we've got Wisconsin, Minnesota um, at Wisconsin. Uh, I don't know what the weather's like up there. I hear there's a, a bad East Coast snowstorm happening right now. Um, this is the way that the Paul Bunyan's axe is supposed to be played in this type of environment anyway, right? So uh, Wisconsin's laying 12 and a half at home. Again, uh, don't know how or why they're double-digit favorites when they are having such a hard time on offense. And I guess I can just start off by saying I'm going to take the points because I don't know that Wisconsin's offense has proven uh, that they can move the football. Um, so that's me going first because I'm already eliminated from beating you on the season, unfortunately. Uh, but what's your, your expert take on Wisconsin? 
I almost want to double check to make sure this number is right. Can you look this up while I'm talking just to make sure? Isn't that how we felt last week? This is this is ridiculous. Twelve and a half points. But um, I'm surprised the number's so big because Wisconsin has scored a total of 20 points over its last three games. Seven points against Northwestern, six against Indiana, seven against Iowa, all losses. The last time Wisconsin scored in single digits in three consecutive games came back in 1990, which was Barry Alvarez's first season in charge of the program back when the Badgers were a Big Ten doormat. Um, I say all that because I have no confidence in, the, in Wisconsin's offense to consistently score right now. So quarterback Graham Mertz hinted after the Iowa game that number one running back Jalen Berger was out with COVID-19. Now, Jalen was a late scratch. Uh, Paul Chris said that they found out on Friday. So if that is the case, then Berger wouldn't be available against Minnesota. Without Berger, Wisconsin rushed 33 times for 56 yards against Iowa. The top two tailbacks behind him now, Nakia Watson and Garrett Groshek, combined for 19 carries for 38 yards. That's two yards a carry. And then on top of that, the passing offense has been Poor. I think that's putting it nicely the last handful of games. Too many injuries, not enough playmakers, nine turnovers in the last three games. We just got off a Zoom call with Chris, and he was asked specifically about whether uh, senior wide receivers Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor would be available. Those two guys are far and away the most experienced receivers on the roster, and he said that they haven't been able to do much this week. So they're not officially ruled out, but haven't been able to do much. That doesn't instill much confidence in me either, so to me, Minnesota covers. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, without the without those receivers, they've been kind of... that. You think that's the reason why the offense that... Uh, had the Mertz Heisman train going two months ago is kind of derailed a little bit. Do you think like those guys are the missing links here? Well, I think it's <laughs> it hasn't helped because now you're asking guys who weren't in those roles before to step into much bigger roles. Here's uh, I think a number that says it all. So Davis and Pryor in their careers they have 166 catches for 2,013 yards and 16 touchdowns. The rest of the wide receivers on the current roster have 42 catches for 451 yards and three touchdowns. So to me, 
that says all you need to know about the experience level and, and, the, and the, the depth that they have right now. They're putting in true freshmen who haven't played any snaps. Like that's where they were at last year or last week. Yeah, you know, and that's what kind of brings us back to like the initial point I was trying to make about how hard it's been because, you know, there are super teams in this country like Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State as one of them that can endure losses like that and and continue on. I mean, Alabama lost Jaden Waddle and like now still has the most explosive offense in college football. And it's just like you take the best player off of 95% of the teams in college football and like they can't operate anymore. You know, and I think that's the, the difference between, um, you know, the elite of the elite with that have the recruiting background and the depth on these rosters because they're able to endure blows. And it's just like Wisconsin is one of the teams, especially this year with the class they just signed, uh, that is recruiting at a more proficient level. And they've done a, a really good job of not only, you know, advancing in the recruiting rankings, but also have probably been the gold standard of, of analyzing talent that fits their system, developing that talent and having that talent available to, to do what they do. Um, so like, it's just of all the teams that have, have kind of fallen off here, like Penn state, maybe this is a nice segue to the next game. You know, they lose journey Brown and it's just like, if he was available, would they still be three and five right now? Penn state hosting Illinois. Um, and they are, um, a 15 and a half point favorite. Maybe Penn state feels like they found something nice cover last week against Michigan state, even though the back door was open. Uh, is, has, has Penn state in your mind found something here, Jesse? To me, they have. I think I had Penn State at 15, and we all know that a half a point can make a big difference. So uh, maybe maybe you have them at 15 and a half. But either way, uh, Illinois just fired Lovey Smith. Maybe the team rallies, puts up a good fight. But I got to give Penn State credit. The Nittany Lions have been beating bad teams for three straight games. They took down the bottom three teams in the East, Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan State. Plus, I, I can't forget that Penn State covered late there against Michigan State. So uh, I'm sticking with the Nittany Lions to cover. I just, I don't know what Illinois has left in the tank. That's This has been a tough season for a lot of different teams, but now you get rid of your coach. Uh, it's kind of like waving the white flag on the year, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I The last few weeks, Penn State spreads have been ballooning back up to these 15, it's 15 point spreads. It was exactly the same thing as, as the Michigan State game last week. And, you know, I've been afraid to lay that many points when you're not really sure what Penn State is, but it seems like they're starting to feel good about themselves again. And if Penn State is even 80% of what we thought they were going to be coming into the year, um, even after they lost Journey Brown and Micah Parsons, like this team should be, you know, 17, 20 points better than Illinois. And Illinois is in a bad spot now. There's uh, been, like you said, a movement with their their head coach and Lovey Smith and Penn State's trying to salvage something here. And, you know, I got to give them credit because, you know, as we've seen in other programs, uh, it's so easy for the wheels to just fall off. And, you know, there's three teams in the Big Ten who, you know, have done a pretty good job of having a good year. I mean, Northwestern's one of them. Um, Indiana's another one. And, and Ohio State's 5-0. and And then everybody else in the conference, I believe, outside of Iowa, too, who got, who got it rolling, is below 500. I mean, Michigan's 2-4. and four, Maryland's 2-3. and three, Michigan State's 2-5. and five, Illinois's 2-5. and five, Penn State's 3-5. and five, Wisconsin's 2-3. and three. I mean, that's crazy. Like, it's just like the bottom half of the conference is just kind of like everybody's wheels fell off. And, you know, you got to give credit during a weird year to the teams that have been able to manage. Uh, and and Penn State seems to be one of them. Now, they're three and five, but that's three in a row they've won now. They're back at home. I don't know if the weather in State College is going to be a problem uh, this weekend. It seems like it's pretty snowy out there, and that gives me pause, but... You know, Sean Clifford seems to be playing better. I think Jahan Dotson's one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. If they feel like they have a reason to 
to play and try to salvage something here. And Illinois seems to be trending in the other direction. I think that 15 and a half or 15, what's the official line we want to go with? Do we want to do 15 and it's a half? 15. So that I, no I ties, or do you, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I think, well, because we're picking the same side on this one. So, I mean, I guess we can just go with the 15. Um, I and, just want to be official. I just want to go with the official spreads. So I, it's 15. Well, the so, official yeah. spreads change rapidly. All the yeah, time, but Jesse. when we're discussing but it, Ari, that's the whole point. Okay, uh, so which one do we pick? 15? Yeah. Okay, 15. We both laid the 15, so nothing will change other than whether we have a 1, 1, or 1 in the tie column. Uh, what's next on the list here? Do we have Rutgers is hosting Nebraska. Nebraska's laying 6.5 on the road. Um, I'll start with this one. I think Rutgers is a more competent football team than they have been at any point in their recent history. Um, they're coming off of an overtime win uh, against that Maryland team we were just discussing, and, you know, they actually have a chance with a win at home against Nebraska to win four games. And in a year like this, it's funny that of all the teams in the conference that seems to be on track to play all their games as Rutgers. And, you know, they made it through and that not only did they make it through by playing the games, but I don't even know what the stat is off the top of my head, Mr. Statistics. I'm sure you do, but they've probably outdone how many big 10 wins they've had combined in the previous three years. And I think it's been a really good year for them. And, you know, Shiano is is really kind of giving some life to that program. It's going to be a blizzard. It's in New Jersey. Like, I'm taking the points 10 out of 10 times in this game. We're in full agreement, and I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> the last two seasons before Shiano got there, Rutgers went 3-21. and They're 3-5 and this year. I, Shiano's done a solid job in his return to Rutgers. I, I'm, I'm really impressed with that. And I just find it difficult to have faith in Nebraska, which just lost last week to a Minnesota team that was down 33 players. So now I think it's worth noting that as of this discussion, we don't know whether Rutgers starting quarterback uh, will be available, suffered an ankle injury last week. So that certainly factors into the equation. But I'm taking Rutgers with this one as a six and a half point underdog. So we we agree on the first four picks. What the hell happened in Nebraska? When? <laughs> I it's don't like know. the Scott Frost thing was like such a huge deal. It was like that was their like can't miss hire. And like now, like if they lose to Rutgers to close their season and finish two and six, like do people like start banging on, on that buyout math? I mean, I don't not, not that they would, but it's just it's crazy to me how far. Um, and they, they've kind of been a, a dual personality team, Jesse. Like, you know, they. They beat Penn State in week week three or their third game, and then they had a nice win against Purdue. And then, like, if you look at the rest of them, too, it's like, I actually thought they had a great fight in the opener against Ohio State, too. I know they lost 52-17, but they were moving the football. They seemed to find some things. And, you know, you got losses from Illinois and Minnesota. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Nebraska. I think that laying the points on the road in a blizzard <laughs> is not the, the play here. And we're in agreement on that. Um which one have we? Are we on the last one now? We are, on, we are on the big, big one. Ten championship game. We're we're leaving um, the biggest game of the weekend for last, so that this is called marketing and you know making people listen longer. So I'll let you start on this one. Uh, Northwestern versus Ohio State inside a dome, Big Ten championship on the line. Ohio State minus twenty and a half. Who do you got? Well, Northwestern's obviously a heck of a lot better than the fighting Reese Davises, which I think has been one of the funnier storylines of this Big Ten season. But to me, that loss a few weeks back to Michigan State changes my perception of the Wildcats. Northwestern has a very solid defense, but I don't think the Wildcats have the offense to keep pace in this one. Ohio State ranks number four in the FBS in scoring offense, 46.6 points per game. 
number six in total offense, number seven in rushing offense, and oh, by the way, the Buckeyes still have quarterback Justin Fields, who's completing 78% of his passes this season with 15 touchdowns. I think Ohio State makes another statement. I'm laying the points on the Buckeyes. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I... Northwestern does a really good job of making games ugly, and they've got a solid defense, and... You know, it's very easy to say 20 and a half is a ton of points. And, you know, I just think that Ohio State's in a position right now. It's kind of an interesting position because I think you could debate uh, whether or not they're winning in right now. Um, If Florida somehow beats Alabama, do you think Florida would make the playoff with two losses as a SEC champion at the fourth spot? Or do you think they're completely dead? I do not think Florida gets in. I know a lot has been made about the fact that... uh, Ohio State's played half as many games as some of these other teams that are trying to get into a playoff spot. But to me, an undefeated team is an undefeated team, especially if that team beats the number one team on the other side of the division. Now, I understand that the Big Ten bent its own rules to get the Buckeyes into this game, but I just don't see it. A 6-0 Ohio State team that beats Northwestern for a Big Ten championship isn't denied an opportunity for the playoff against a two-loss team from another conference, even if that two-loss team has played way more games. Well, you should tell USC about the no loss thing. Uh, yeah. They're outside the top ten right now, and might, might be an undefeated Power Five champion, and they're dead in the water. Um, and I, I think it's an interesting dynamic because as we sit here right now, we're viewing Florida through the prism of uh, having just lost to LSU on Saturday. But if they beat Alabama somehow on national television in the SEC championship game, I think the drum will be banging really, really hard. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I don't know if you're in a position where you think Ohio State has to win sexy to get in. Like, I think right now it seems like conventional wisdom with the way that the playoff is, is setting up that, you know, if all the favorites in the in the championship games uh, win, then it's just an easy, the four teams in the top four right now will probably make it again. Um, but I think Ohio State's in a position right now where they have to look good doing it. And you were at the uh, 2014 Ohio State-Wisconsin game, right? I, when it was I 59 to nothing. Was. Yes. And like that game was the catalyst to Ohio State's postseason run that culminated in a national championship. And I think uh, for as much as they needed to save this game and put it in a position where Ohio State could, you know, add a Big Ten championship to its resume, um, looking good doing it is also a part of the factor because you have a lot of people who don't think that games played um, or lack of games played means that you should be penalized for. Like, where do you stand on that? Do you think six and zero Ohio State? Do they play enough games? Because um, Seth Emerson from the uh, our Georgia Bulldogs writer uh, wrote a column about how he thinks that teams have only played six games, haven't done enough to be in. And it's like it's like a weird dynamic because it's a good point. You wonder 
Um, do you have to play a certain amount of games? But it's also weird to penalize people during a, a pandemic. So, like, where do you fall on that? My answer to that is if Ohio State didn't belong as a top four team, the Buckeyes wouldn't enter championship weekend ranked number four in the college football playoff. To me, the playoff committee has already made it clear that they are among those four teams as long as they win. Even if they win ugly, Northwestern is still coming into this game as a one-loss nationally ranked team. The argument to me would be if, if the committee truly believed that they didn't belong in that category, then they would be in the same spot as USC, right? They'd be an undefeated team with no shot, or they'd be behind an undefeated Cincinnati team. They'd be like eighth or ninth or something like that. So to me, all they have to do is win because the committee has made it clear that as of now, they view them as the number four team and and a win doesn't drop them out of the top four. Yeah, I think that um, Northwestern doesn't have a very good offense. And I know that Peyton Ramsey was third team Big Ten and, you know, they, they do what they do. But, you know, there has been some concern about Ohio State's defense. And if... Uh, Northwestern goes out there and puts up 31 points or something like that, and Ohio State wins 41-31 or does something like that, you might think to yourself, well, is Ohio State's defense actually the caliber of defense that you need necessary to, to compete in a national championship race? And, you know, I guess there's some truth to that. So, you know, right now I think that even if Northwestern hangs tough in the beginning of the game, you saw you had a front row seat last year of like – how quickly things can change in, in a half of football in Indianapolis. I think Ohio State's a faster, more talented, more physical, bigger, stronger, faster team than Northwestern. They might get a good punch or two. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald's a heck of a coach, but I think over the course of of four quarters, Ohio State's going to you know cover the spread. Like last year when Ohio State played Wisconsin, we were joking at halftime that Wisconsin might actually win that football game, and then Ohio State wound up covering the initial spread uh, once the doors kind of opened up a little bit in the second half. I think Ohio State in a dome with a point to prove and a moderately healthy team and a healthy quarterback is just too much for Northwestern to contend with. Well, we agree on all five picks. This might be the first time that's ever happened, but I think you're making the smart play here considering the records this year. So I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I think, went first more times today than I usually do. Um and it seems like you were just trying to like make sure that I can't catch up. No, but, you, know you know I don't if, do that, Ari. I, if we go I four and one together, then I guess at this point my concern isn't so much about uh, beating you anymore as it is about making a more respectable year year end uh, record. So, thanks everybody for joining us on the Big Football Show. Uh, stay tuned with more uh, going into next week, and and we'll have all the coverage from. The, the bowl situations, whether or not Ohio State makes the playoff and everything else, Big Ten in, in terms of the postseason. So for Jesse, I'm Ari. Uh, that was the Big Football Show.